Oppenheimer, which, by the way, is expected to break records this weekend. Personally, I think it'll just be a bomb. Huh? Right? News about your money now. There it is. Thank you. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. Vince returns on Monday. Well, he's back. Axel is back. This is the mullet kid from Brilliant, Wisconsin. Remember this kid? He's the one who uh, won the mullet championship last year. There's like a couple of kids from Wisconsin, and this kid... Uh, just was awesome. Had just a rocking blonde locks, beautiful party in the back, business in the front, haircut, uh, and he's back. He says he started growing his mullet just over three years ago when his uncle Lucas promised to buy him a Camaro if he grew it until he was sixteen. So now he's taking that challenge and determined Unable to, get to that cut car. it. Like, is it going to be Joe Dirt length? That's or? a great question. I don't know if he's allowed. I'm assuming he's allowed to care for it. The locks are very, they're luscious. Like, you got to see this mullet to believe it. It's like yeah. a cascading waterfall of wheat. So I went to the website. It's mulletchamp.com. Yeah, of course. And uh, I searched Axel, and believe it or not, he wasn't the only Axel that came up. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't say. Probably not the only kid getting a Camaro either when he's 16. Right. Uh, so he's up against a, a bunch of other kids, but if you're interested, uh, mulletchamp.com. He's he's going for it. Uh, go Axel. He won it last year. Let's see if he can do it again. 613, we'll get to sports with Brandon Snide next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Corbin Burns tossed eight scoreless innings, and Christian Yelich hit a three-run homer as the Milwaukee Brewers concluded their six-game road trip on Thursday with the 4-0 win over the Philadelphia Phillies. Yelich having himself a day, finishing just a triple shy of the cycle. Going three for four with that home run, a double and a single. You know, one of those days where you got good pitches to hit early and, and try not to miss them. You know, it wasn't a conscious effort to, to swing early, but uh, it kind of just worked out that way. With the win, the Brewers took two out of three in Philly while winning six out of their last seven games. Milwaukee is back home tonight as they get set to embark on a three-game series against the Atlanta Braves over at American Family Field. The coverage will begin right here on WTMJ beginning at 6 p.m. with our Brewers warm-up. Over to the NFL, where the Washington Commanders no longer belong to Dan Snyder. NFL owners voted during a special session Thursday afternoon, unanimously approving the team sale from the Snyder family to a group led by Josh Harris for a record-setting $6.05 billion. The Packers rookies will begin to filter through Titletown today as they begin to report for training camp, which will begin next Thursday. Many coaches and fans are excited to see the team's first-round draft pick of Lucas Van Ness on the field. That's including defensive coordinator Joe Barry. Have you seen him in person? I mean, when, when he walks in the room, I mean, he's a, he's a big, big man, um, and, he, and he's young. It's scary when you get a, a young player like that, um, you know, to kind of close your eyes and think about what those guys will be. And lastly, the U.S. women's national soccer team will look to defend their World Cup title. That begins tonight as they get set to take on Vietnam to begin group play. That match will begin at 8 p.m. All right, sounding good. My uh, 11-year-old is super, super excited. As am to I. Watch some I will be in front tonight. of the TV tonight. Thank you, sir. At 6.16, it is expected to be a huge weekend at the box office. It's getting a lot of attention, of course. Barbenheimer. A lot of people up for Barbie, a lot of people up for Oppenheimer. Well, we found the original Barbenheimer, the original 
the the one lady who can do both, Miss America's Grace Stanky. She's from Wausau, and a she's a nuclear engineer student, or was a student at UW Madison, studying nuclear engineer. Uh, pretty fascinating what she has to say about Oppenheimer and how she says the two are very influential. We'll hear those words next, right here on Wisconsin's Morning News. One was a theoretical physicist, the other a popular toy. Robert Oppenheimer, the father of the atomic bomb, is featured in a new movie that's out now, Oppenheimer. And then there's Barbie, popular doll, has a movie out too that is expected to do very well. There was a huge push to tie these movies together. I'm not quite sure how this happened, where it's now called Barbenheimer. This idea of a double feature where you would spend the day watching both movies. Well, you see, movie studios have this thing called an advertising budget, mm. and smart people work for them, yes, and they saw yep. a great opportunity. You are absolutely right. It's pretty interesting, though. It was a while ago now, um, several days ago, Miss America, Grace Stanky, who's from Wausau, she tweeted about it, and she got a lot of attention for it because she is a nuclear engineering student at UW-Madison. She posted on social about how much fun it would see both movies and make an event out of it. So I called Grace, asked her straight up, who is more influential in her mind, Oppenheimer or Barbie? Oh, 100% Robert Oppenheimer. Um, I think that for me, seeing someone who is able to utilize science and think about it critically, which I think I haven't seen the movie, but I think it will show a lot of the philosophical struggle that, that came with nuclear weaponry because it wasn't something that just happened. Um, I, I think that's a really incredible thing and an important part of human history and an important part of human future as well. As we continue to convert to clean energy, to zero carbon energy, nuclear energy is going to be a part of that, which is totally different than weaponry. And Oppenheimer is part of the, the people that helped create this incredible life-saving science. Is he part of the curriculum? Like, does his name come up quite a bit? I mean, engineering classes usually don't have a whole lot of history in them, unfortunately. <laughs> we all know of him. I've been to a couple of conferences where you ask who is the favorite nuclear scientist. And you know, you got Einstein, you've got Oppenheimer, you've got Marie Curie. You've got all of these incredible, influential people. Uh, but he is someone that everyone does know pretty, pretty commonly amongst the nuclear world. Is there a way to put it in perspective for a layperson like myself? Like if I'm trying to think of a good comp. Like, who, who could he be compared to in a different industry? I would say Oppenheimer is probably pretty similar to, like, the guy who made the super soaker, right? Who was also actually a nuclear engineer, fun fact. It's something that is kind of the, the pathway for an entirely new industry to be made. So the super soaker led to Nerf, and it led to all of these other sort of, like, toys that, that kids now commonly use. That's like the best thing I can I like come that. up with right now. So speaking of toys, Barbie, obviously very influential, too, in a different way. Is Barbie now, in your mind, is it, is it a toy that can be used for good, for lack of a better term? Yeah, you know, I've always, growing up, I was someone who did play with Barbies and everything. And growing up now and being Miss America, and Miss America, I would say, is similar, where it's a woman that young girls look up to, right? That is the that is what Miss America is, the role model for young girls to strive for, right? A lot of what I brought into the role as Miss America is I wanted to represent the women who can, the women who can be nuclear engineers and competitive water skiers and violinists and Miss America amongst all of that. There's no limitations. There's no borders. 
It's about pursuing your dreams and achieving them. And I do think I, I haven't seen either of the movies yet, but I do think Barbie uh, will help capitalize on that sort of women's empowerment aspect and showing that we're capable of really anything. What reaction did you get, if any, when you posted? You said you wanted to see both of these movies. You targeted Barbie. You targeted Oppenheimer. What was the reaction? Yeah, you know, I don't think Barbie and Oppenheimer want to be uh, tied together in any capacity. (laughs) But I think people are just doing it, you know? I think it's happening. That's the beauty of social media. Uh, so there isn't any official double premieres that I can attend, unfortunately. Uh, but there is a lot of people that are reaching out and are offering to pay for the ticket or offering to help make it happen in a sense, which is really exciting. So I do plan on, like I said, seeing both of the movies within the next week. I am shooting for both of them on Friday, but uh, I just have to figure out some scheduling things otherwise. Miss America, Grace Stanky, our Wausau native here in Wisconsin. So, okay, one of the, the conversations, before I let you go, one of the arguments we've been having here uh, on the air, Grace, is which one would you see first? Now, I want to see Oppenheimer first because I, I, you know, I'm not going to settle in on Oppenheimer after watching Barbie. I need something <laughs> meaty first. Which one would you see first and why? Miss America's Grace Stanky from Wausau. Thank you as always, Grace. Really appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you so much. So here's what she said. Oh, so I think I am going to go Oppenheimer first. Obviously, I think that that's more up my alley, but I also really love uh, movies that make you think, right? I love like Interstellar. I love movies like that where you're sitting there and you want to watch it over and over and over again. So thank you. I'm on Stanky's side on that. Thank you, Grace. Miss America, I, I would much rather see Oppenheimer first, not Barbie, and then settle into that three-hour <laughs> Oppenheimer, which, by the way, is expected to break records this weekend. Personally, I think it'll just be a bomb. Huh? Right? News about your money now. There it is. Thank you. The most important draft class in recent history reports today in Green Bay. Brandon Snyder has extra points at 645. I mentioned Mike Spaulding and things that he probably wouldn't enjoy. There's a lot of them. This has got to be up there, knowing you. <laughs> and I caught that, <laughs> by the way. So the DOT is now launching an investigation into a Delta Airlines flight that was overcome by heat on board while waiting on the tarmac. This happened in Las Vegas, and the passengers had nowhere to go. Airlines are required to provide comfortable cabin temperatures during a tarmac delay, so it's unclear how the cabin of Delta Flight 555 got so hot while waiting on the tarmac in 111-degree temperatures in Las Vegas that a passenger went to the hospital for a heat-related illness. Delta says it, too, is investigating how it got so hot on board. Passengers claim others on board were also impacted by the heat. Alex Stone, EBC News. Lots of issues here as well where they uh, apologized to the passengers at the time, tried to get back off the tarmac, and were told, hey, look, you can either hang out here or you're not getting on a new flight anytime soon. So there are lots of issues here as they let these people bake on this plane. Well, on and there's the some discrepancies, right? Because the passengers said they taxied for three plus hours while the airline says it was one plus hour. Because <laughs> that's not long enough. Oh, Although they didn't return a request for comment. If the degree is in the triple digits, doesn't matter if it was one hour we or We can't three. get a temperature on that plane either. Like, I wonder how warm it actually got. But no, you're right. This is like one of my worst nightmares. 638.
Wisconsin's Morning News on a Friday. Vince Vetrano returns on Monday. Mike Spaulding here, along with Brandon Snyder, Adam Roberts in for Debbie Lazaga. And thanks to Pancake Hill. By the way, we will have a pancake breakfast special that will take place two hours from now, 8.40 this morning. So remember that story about uh, NASA and how incredible that this story was? I remember being blown away by this. And it's still the end of this mission hasn't been completed yet, where they flew a spaceship to a moving asteroid, landed on asteroid, picked up some metals, and now are flying that spaceship back so they can study those metals. I just thought that was the most amazing thing in human achievement, that we're able to do that. And then after that, NASA then changed the trajectory of another asteroid by hitting it to see if they could just move it. Remember, that was the whole... Bullseye. Yep, the bullseye thing. Well, now, I'm, I'm realizing now why they're doing this stuff, and I'm embarrassed that I didn't realize this before. NASA just announced that it's less than 100 days from launching another spacecraft designed to study an asteroid that is potentially worth 10 quintillion dollars. American? Yes. Quintillion. Completed a comprehensive test of the flight software installed in on a spacecraft known as 16 Psych, the 173-mile asteroid is thought to be made up of gold, iron, and nickel. Its ore has been estimated to be worth... Ten, and then there's a bunch of bunch of zeros after it. Yeah, how many zeros? Is Ten a quintillion? quintillion. Let's see here: six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, at least. So the reason they're doing all of this isn't to save mankind; it's to figure out how much money we can make off of an asteroid. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. I didn't they realize they were doing that. out of the goodness of their hearts. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I thought it was for exploration, you know, to move humankind forward. No, it's for money. Ten quinden, quintillion dollars worth. 644, Brandon Snyder has extra points in a minute. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Behind a Christian Yelich three-run homer, the Milwaukee Brewers beat the Philadelphia Phillies on Thursday afternoon. This one by a final score of 4-0. to Corbin Burns got the start, tossing eight scoreless inning, allowing only two hits as the Brew Crew took two out of three games in Philly. Next up for the Brewers is the league's best, the Atlanta Braves, tonight at American Family Field to begin a three-game set. That first pitch is set for 7-10. The U.S. women's national soccer team will look to defend their World Cup title beginning tonight as they take on Vietnam to begin group play. That match time is set for 8 p.m. The Washington Commanders are no longer belong to Dan Snyder. NFL owners voted Thursday afternoon unanimously approving the team's sale from the Snyder family to a group led by Josh Harris for a record-setting $6.05 billion. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snyder. A new era will officially begin to get underway this weekend in Green Bay as the 13 rookies drafted by the Packers will report to the team's facilities starting today ahead of the start of next week's training camp. If you ask me, it's a draft class on paper and off of past college production that could go down as Goody's finest yet, but it is also the most critical draft class, and here is why. With Rashawn Gary likely to miss time to begin the season as he recovers from his ACL injury, the first-round pick out of Iowa, Lucas Van Ness, will have a massive role right out of the gate as he is expected to fill a void at being able to rush the passer. Tight ends Luke Musgrave and Tyler Kraft are entering a tight end room that currently only holds former third-round pick Josiah DeGuara and Tyler Davis. 
Those two, both high draft picks, will be expected to lift the tight end position to levels, and let's keep it real, that they haven't seen in quite some time. Jaden Reed, the team's other second-round draft pick, is coming into one of the youngest receiver rooms in NFL history. He'll join second-year wideouts in Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, as those three will be heavily in the mix to produce numbers in the passing game and be able to gain the trust of starting quarterback Jordan Love. Look, the debate can be had, and honestly, it probably should be had, but this could very well be the most vital draft class we have seen in Green Bay for the reasons I just laid out to you. If Matt LaFleur and company want to regain success, and let's be honest, for some coaches, maybe keep their jobs, these rookies will play a significant part in ensuring that happens. Maybe you've heard of the show. It's been on for quite a while now, Hard Knocks. It's a show on HBO. NFL Films is behind this. Basically, they go behind the scenes of a football team, and you get to meet players that are on the bubble that might get cut. You get to see behind the scenes of some of your favorite players or whatnot, and it's kind of an intriguing show. Well, the New York Jets are going to be part of Hard Knocks this coming uh, here in a couple of weeks here, this season. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers is on the team, so that'll be exciting. But there's some controversy because one of the most important or one of the most intriguing and compelling parts of the program is when you see or hear or they're dealing with cutting players, some of the best players, right? Or at least guys that you're rooting for, someone who's on the bubble. Well, the Jets don't want to do that. The Jets have told HBO and the producers, look, we don't want to actually show people getting cut. So Dan Patrick, I thought, had an interesting idea. We bring in ESPN, ESPN Milwaukee's Gabe Neitzel. So <laughs> instead, Gabe, of showing people get cut, which, by the way, I know it sounds heartless, but is really compelling. That's part of the show. No, it is part of compelling. It is so compelling. And the NFL and the NBA have realized this, I think, faster than most other sports leagues. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm more talking about the NHL, Major League Baseball. Yeah. They're a form of entertainment. Like, yes, and, and the entertainment certainly is competition, but what they're competing for is your attention and your dollars that you have set aside for entertainment. Yes. That, that's what they're competing for. At the end of the day, yes, sports are competition, but it's also a form of entertainment. And this was something that has been entertaining fans. There's a reason it's been on HBO right? since 2001. Mm-hmm. Like, this show's been going on for 20-plus years at this point, and part of that is the compelling stories, like you mentioned. They pick some guys, you know, some late-round, you know, a couple of rookies, maybe some late-round guys, yep. maybe a veteran who's a trying to keep it a yeah, journeyman. They and they try to tell those stories throughout yeah. the, the show. And at the end you find out whether or not they made the team. That's what you're investing in. Yes. I remember And it's in real time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they release it like they, they film a week and then they put it out the following Tuesday. Like it's a quick turnaround on yeah. these episodes. It's not like, oh, we find out, you know, you, so you kind of know, you know, if you really want to know who made what, you know, the back end of the Jets roster, you'll know before the episode comes out. But then you get to see how it happened. It's part of the appeal of the show. And <laughs> the Jets have decided that they don't want to participate in that part of the show. So what I liked is uh, sports commentator Dan Patrick had a different idea. Perhaps it should be more like The Bachelor. Maybe that's what Robert Sala should do. He should hand out roses. Mm. <laughs> And if you get a rose, then you make the team. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if they just do it that way? Again, it's it's it is it's almost like the Bachelor. You know, you've got twenty five guys oh, there. Great. You know, they're only all vying for one spot. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you mm-hmm. know these NFL players are vying for you know two or three spots in the back end of a talented roster like the New York Jets have. But yeah, it's a it's a very similar concept. We should have them. Not it shouldn't be a rose. It should be like a, a green and white football. 
that he's just holding, and the players could stand next to each other, and they could be holding hands and I mean, dancing. And like, yeah, so I'm nervous. Doing the morning show with Mark Chimura, um, okay. that, that's coming up. He, Excellent. He, he mentions that a lot of the players getting called in the coach's office, that's for the cameras. That's oh. not actually how it happens. Usually they just tell you, hey, give me your playbook. Really? Like <laughs> yeah. just down there in yeah, the locker it's just, room? Yeah, or? it's, hey... You know, let's go have a conversation outside the locker room, but it's not like you're getting called up to coach's office. <laughs> like he said, so the first two years that he was in the NFL, he was a sixth round draft pick. So he's fighting. Mm-hmm. And sure, he said, right. by the time he got to his third year, like going into his third year, he was pretty confident. But the first two years, he wasn't sure. And nobody like told him explicitly, hey, you made the 53. He was just, um, well, nobody told me I didn't make it, so, <laughs> so I guess I'm still here. <laughs> I, I guess I'm still oh, on the team. That's disappointing. So there's no excitement at all. I yeah. Guess, oh, well, that would explain why the Jets aren't interested in them because they don't want to like create drama that they haven't had to create before. Yeah, I but I mean, again, I, I feel like there's. I remember the, <laughs> the the 2000. I think it was 2007 was like the first year I really got into it. It was the Kansas City Chiefs. Herm Edwards was still the coach, and it was when the Chiefs were still coming to Wisconsin. Yeah, for for right. training camp, they're up in River Falls, uh, the and there was days. like a fullback on the back end of the roster that I I like for whatever reason. You know, why why do I care about a Chiefs fullback? Well, this show made me care about right. a Chiefs fullback. He ended up making the roster, and you know it, it's it's what draws you in. And I, I wonder if the show is going to be a little bit different if they don't have that element. Now you can still find out if the player got cut or whatever. But it just doesn't See, have you quite care the about payoff. That. Yes. I, I just want the entertainment part. You actually care about the roster. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're different. Well, you know, you never know who you're going to pick up in fantasy. Like, right, you know, yeah, the, yeah, right. the fourth running back. Yeah, right, a couple guys get sure, hurt in front yeah, of him. I you get know, it. Oh, I watched Hard Knocks. I know this guy might be good. <laughs> He'll be on the special teams, maybe. ESPN Milwaukee's Gabe Knight. So thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Yep. Anytime, guys. Part of Jen, Gabe, and Chewy on ESPN Milwaukee. They start here in just a couple of minutes. 6.57, Sean Ryan from the Milwaukee Business Journal has business headlines sponsored by old national bank get old the former cardinal stretch university campus that is for sale on milwaukee's north shore is attracting interest from other nonprofit organizations and educational groups that raises the prospect of the 43 acre campus remaining as is and tax exempt instead of undergoing a full-scale redevelopment Microsoft gained state approval to fill about nine acres of wetlands for its $1 billion Mount Pleasant data center. Heavy construction could start in October. Concrete mixer manufacturer Mixer Systems in Pewaukee is sold to local private equity company Bel Air Growth. It has 56 employees. This is Sean Ryan with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.